0: Aloha from Maui, Hawaii. It's Michael Benner with this week's Ageless Wisdom Mystery School. Our topic today, Easter Sunday, by the way, so happy Easter to Christians all around the world. It's a very special day. High, holy holiday for Christians. Uh, Our topic for the day today is the meaning and purpose of life and I'm suggesting right at the top that these are two different things. Often, you'll hear people spin this phrase off, the meaning and purpose of life, as if it's like one word all hyphenated, and the meaning of life and the purpose of life are the same thing, right? And that's just the way the phrase goes. You don't hear people say the purpose and meaning of life. <laughs> well say the meaning and purpose of life. It's just a phrase that has worked its way into our vocabulary, our lexicon, and um uh, we're we're usually looking for one thing. So I'm gonna start at the top by suggesting that purpose is different from meaning. I'll tell you what I think the purpose and a good definition of meaning is and of course you know i quickly add that nothing I say here is designed to be perceived as absolute truth I'm not teaching from a place of authority I'm always more interested in good questions than authoritative answers in these matters especially the authority is within you. And what is true for you, we're just here to help stimulate the questioning process, the self-questioning, to awaken you to an awareness of the direction that you're moving in. What do you care about? What do you think is important? I'm here this week anyway to help you with that. We have a variety of topics, as you know, if you've been listening from week to week. also want to mention briefly, uh, I I did not do a sound clip this week, and I think I'm going to do more of that in the future, bring you a two- or three-minute clip at the top of the program here, the class, of a premium audio, studio-quality premium audio program that we ask 99 cents for, that I do with my business partner of 35 years or so, Steve Snyder. And it's called, the series is called Finding Yourself in Paradise. And the website for that is focusedpassion.com. If you like these personal development, self-empowerment, um, Personal growth human potential types of classes what I offer here on Sundays in the mystery school you're really gonna love uh, what Steve and I are doing and if you subscribe for less than four dollars a month three ninety six that's ninety nine cents a class uh, you get one every week we can have it delivered right into your podcast folder although because it's a, a premium audio, it's technically not a podcast but it's really a powerful conversation between Steve and me two human potential experts with more than 70 years, man years if you will, person <laughs> 70 person years in the field and we've been good friends for a long time, read similar material and feel strongly about the topics and the tools the techniques and the methods that we provide each of these classes has a guided imagery in it as well we describe it as meaningful conversation and guided meditation to solve your problems and heal your heart for 99 cents it's a pretty good deal So check that out at focusedpassion.com. There's an E-D in there after the W's, focusedpassion.com. And there's a bunch of free excerpts and six free sample programs that you can get just by leaving your name and email address. So I hope you'll check that out. A lot of people who really like this class, when they subscribe to the premium audio, write me and say, wow this just supplements everything you're saying on Sunday, and I'm building a collection. In fact, in the near future, we're going to talk about our 30-day program to really change your life with our library of nearly 200 audios. We have nearly 200 programs. Soon it will be 200 and, and growing, right? Every week a new program is added to the archives. And we'll tell you as we put these together in albums, how to use them. But of course, this class will always be free and available to you, and we do appreciate you being here. So, what is the difference, then, between the meaning of life and its purpose? Well, I hinted at this. I said as much. The first part of what I'm going to tell you today is in the newsletter, and that's the idea that The difference between purpose and meaning, the way I'm offering it, uh, is, is that purpose is universal. We all have the same purpose, and yet the meaning of our lives is very personal and subjective. So again, having said that already that most people say the meaning and purpose of life as if these two things are the same... I acknowledge that. I'm going to suggest there could be some differences. If you think of the purpose of your life as universal, you could even capitalize purpose. It's that significant. The meaning of life is really what you do with the purpose. The meaning I'm going to suggest today is much more personal, much more subjective and involves some effort on your part to live a life that you find meaningful and rewarding. Okay. So what is the purpose, first of all? The purpose of your existence is really simple. All you have to do is look around at other life forms. What are the plants all doing? And what are the animals all doing? They're growing. They're evolving. They're improving. Now, this is so obvious that it's easy to toss this aside and say, Oh yeah, Michael said uh, Sunday in the Wisdom School that the purpose of life is different from meaning and we're here to grow. Okay, and then you just toss it aside. I want you to think about this. The purpose, think of the word, the reason that you do this, the the reason that we're here, I'm going to suggest, is to unfold the way a flower blossoms and blooms. But to become self-realized, to, to understand that we have a potential that is largely untapped. Now, I've heard all my life that I only use 10% of my brain. I checked it out. turned out that that's a generous statement. Most of us are using a lot less than that. And many people, I would say the majority of the world, will grow old and die without ever really knowing what they're for what you're here for. Well, to grow, to evolve, to improve, really puts you at the center of things, doesn't it? It's like Shakespeare's line, I'll give you two Shakespeare lines, to be or not to be. What does it mean to be? It means to know yourself or as Shakespeare wrote in Hamlet, to thine own self be true. And then as the night follows the day, thou canst not be false uh, false to any man. If, if you're true to yourself, how could you lie to somebody? Because you have a conscience. It works out really well, this idea of being the most charitable and philanthropic, service-oriented person uh, that you could possibly be, comes from knowing yourself and being true to who you really are. Well, you cannot grow yourself if you don't know yourself. In other words, how could you develop what you have not discovered? All right. Most of us, our heads and our hearts, are full of information. And ideas belief systems the prejudices and biases that we get from the conventional wisdom not the ageless wisdom from society from our our parents um, and their expectations which we often buy into as we become older we may go through a period of rebellion But in the background, we're trying to earn love because we think it comes from other people. So we're constantly petitioning the people in our lives. This is the vast majority of us before we become realized and and self-aware. We spend a lot of time petitioning others for approval, for acceptance, for love. Or, you know, how am I doing over here? Do you, Am I lovable? I don't know. <laughs> you see, that's the problem. I don't know me, so I need you to tell me that I'm okay. Well, that's a terrifying place to be. And yet, our schools and most of our institutions do not emphasize self-discovery and self-development to know yourself as a a way of finding your primary path of being of service to other people. And Lots of people have the cart in front of the horse. They, They know they want to be of service to other people, but they don't know how or in what area. I've seen hundreds of people in my private practice over the years who come to me for career counseling, among other things, and say, ah, the one thing I do know is that I want to help other people. And I say, well, that's great. Help them do what? And they look around, and they shrug, and they admit that they don't really know. So it's nice to want to be of service to other people, to want to be loved, to want to help out, but doing what? Well, now we're speaking, we're moving toward the meaning of your life. If the purpose of your life is to grow, to evolve, to improve, to move from wherever you happen to be, Ford your divine potential in the image and likeness of your Creator. That's going to require some dedication. And the meaning of your life is your particular path. How do I do that? In what direction do I move? And why? And that's very, very personal. So this is the premise that I'd like us to talk about today. I'm just going to make a few brief comments, and then we'll go to the text questions that you submit. Those of you who are with us live here today, on the web page in the lower left, you'll see a box. You just enter your question or your comment, your name, at least your first name, and, and, the, and your city, and then be sure and hit the Submit button, or I won't see it. And if you're on the telephone or Skype, star 2, will raise your hand and I can uh, unmute callers one at a time just like a radio talk show and uh, we'll address your, your comment or your question that way meaning and purpose of life the purpose I'm suggesting is the same for everyone it's to aspire to your potential to, as the military says be all you can be it's an odd slogan for them I don't think the military is the best way to be all you can be but they sort of sort of stole the line so <laughs> what are you going to do uh, it is a great line to be all that you can be to unfold to evolve to aspire to your divine potential if in fact we're only using 10% of what we got and As I said, I think that's very generous. I think we're actually, uh, most of us, at about 1% or 2%. Point is, we don't know what 100% is. But I would say look at the women and men in your life, or that you've read about or heard about in media, maybe never have met or never will meet. But those people that you really admire as just excelling in their field, being the kind of success that you're looking for in your life, and say, first of all, why am I interested in this person as opposed to these other famous people that I don't really care about? What is it about this person that I really admire? And then ponder on that. You could write a little self-inventory, a little essay to yourself, a little bit of journaling, if you love to write. Or just turn the idea over in your head as you ponder or contemplate, as you reflect, ideally in a quiet place where you can be left alone for a few minutes with your eyes closed or in a restful, natural scene like... uh, out in a park someplace, or in the woods, or a meadow. Or it could be in your favorite easy chair with your eyes closed, just imagining you're (laughs) in a wilderness or a beautiful garden someplace. And turn these ideas over in your head. So purpose, I'm going to suggest, is universal. It's to grow, to evolve, to discover, and then to develop who you really are, self-awareness and then self-initiated growth to be true to yourself to know yourself as the ancient Greeks said so that you can then be the best you can be in service in charity to other people and the meaning of life is the path and I'd like to suggest that that's very personal if growth is the universal purpose the meaning is very subjective and very personal and again, when people use these words synonymously you never know if they're going to come up with some universal explanation for meaning and purpose or some very personal and subjective meaning for meaning and purpose I'm separating them out today All right. I'd like to share a quote with you about the meaning of life from the author Herman Hess um, this is in a quotations book that I'm going to give away in just a Couple of weeks, I'm going to start offering this for free on Facebook and Twitter and here in the Mystery School. And uh, so I want you to listen in future weeks as I get this prepared. It's more than 500 quotable, inspiring quotations that I've collected over a 25-year period. The very first file I ever opened in my first computer in 1983 in the word processor was a file called Quotes or Quotations. And I started saving the, the quotable quotes that I found on the bottom of Celestial Seasoning tea boxes, but only the ones I really liked. Because why write a quotes book? Bartlett sort of gathered up all the <laughs> thousands and thousands of quotable quotations. And the Internet is full of websites that have all manner of quotations. Well, it's in the editing. It's, it's in what I choose not to include, really. Many of the quotes you will be familiar with, but... It's sort of the way I've packaged them and edited them and reduced them down to only a little over 500. And then sorted them out into three areas. Uh, Fearlessness in the mind, fearlessness in the heart, and fearlessness in your behaviors and actions. Managing your emotions, conquering fear. In each of these three areas, I call and this is the title of the quote book, Creativity, Confidence, and Courage. I've sold this in the past for $20, and I'm going to give it away free as an e-book. So keep listening in the next couple of weeks, I'll tell you how to get a copy of it. But here's a quote, one of the 500 or so, from that book by Herman House. And let me get my... Glasses on here. He's speaking about the meaning of life, and he says, We insist life must have a meaning, but it can have no more meaning than we ourselves are able to give it. Because individuals can do this only imperfectly, religions and philosophers have tried to supply a comforting answer to the question. The answers all amount to the same thing love alone can give life meaning in other words the more capable we are of loving and of giving ourselves the more meaning there will be in our lives Hess, Kermin Hess the more we're capable of loving and giving of ourselves the more meaning there will be in our lives. In other words, it is love and service. Service is always such an intimidating word. It just means helping out. <laughs> you know, lending a hand. That's that's really service. Uh, you don't really have to go out of your way. It's more of an attitude that you just bring to whatever comes up in life. You will have in most days, uh, opportunities to help people out and to do it lovingly and freely without a need for a balance sheet because you find that the reward is just in the giving it it uh, triggers this vagus nerve and you get this nice warm rush inside your rib cage and a silly little grin comes over your face, and suddenly you feel good about yourself. What did I do? Hey, how did I do that? Well, what's going on here? Well, that little rush, that wonderful little feeling of love and significance, that little smile on your face is plenty of reward. It's all you need to help somebody, right? So we get busy. And there are far too people in society, in media, in our lives emphasizing this message. The emphasis is on financial success and having a big showy house and an expensive flashy car and wearing the right clothes. It's it's as if your whole life was some sort of reality TV show. And that's why things are so crazy in the world, because we're more interested in what we can own and possess and accumulate around us than we are in what really matters, which is what kind of person are you. That's the meaning of your life. The purpose is to grow. The meaning is to be the love of, you've been looking for and put the emphasis on giving so as to receive. Most of us are looking to receive so that maybe we have something to give. You know, it's like the pos- <laughs> it's like the position people take in a grudge. Well, if they apologize to me, then I'll apologize to them. Right? Why should I, people say, what's in it for me? as if we need to receive in order to give, as if we should be able to reap a crop before we sow the seeds. It doesn't work that way. It's obviously you must give in order to receive. And so when you make your life about being love, studying love, learning everything you can about love, Consider the statement by the great Leo Tolstoy, who said, love is the only thing that's real. You know, we've heard it said many, many times about our material possessions and our quest for more and more stuff and money that, well, you can't really take it with you this admission, well, can't take it with you, might as well enjoy it now, something like that. I guess what I'm saying today is what can we take with us? What does last? What could you, in a sense, if not acquire, develop within you, not an acquisition that you hold on to, but an aspect of yourself that you discover and develop that lasts for all of eternity, that you do take with it, you, because it's who you are. It's not only your memory, it's your character. It's your true self that's unfolding, that's growing, that's evolving. Let's just call it evolution. We're used to thinking of evolution in a Darwinian sense, in terms of the physical body or the species or the lineage of some life form adopting <clears throat> and unfolding and developing itself. Excuse me here, let me add a little sip. Well, how about beyond the evolution of the physical body, evolution of the mind? an evolution of the heart, evolution of the spirit. Again, this is not even considered in most religion, especially in uh, Christianity, which is most popular in the West, in the United States. The idea, as practiced by most Christians, is to get saved so that you don't burn forever in the lake of fire and the eternal damnation and go live in heaven with god the father and, and jesus and all the good people right just to get out of here just to escape this place and go to your eternal reward rest in peace um it's quite likely we have a much greater responsibility than to save your sorry butt. Christ only taught one prayer, and it was to the Father. He never said, pray to me. He said, pray to the Father and do it like this. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That means we have a responsibility according to this guy. Jesus of Nazareth, the Christ. He says, we have a responsibility to bring heaven to earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. To develop the society. And I'm sure he did not mean into a materialistic society that puts money and power and stuff ahead of people and peace and justice and truth and harmony and love and yet that's what we do this is a guy that threw the bankers out of the temple and who do we most 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 Americans who do they want to be? They want to be the banker They want to win the Monopoly game. They want to have houses and hotels and (laughs) at least big cars, and then you'll be happy. I know enough rich people and have worked with enough very, very wealthy people to know money will not make you happy. And the things that we aspire to, that we're told constitute success, are really not going to do it for you. They're not going to fill you up. There are, <clears throat> there are many poor people who are happy and many poor people who are miserable. and There are many rich people who are happy and many rich people who are miserable. And money and stuff has nothing to do with it. So what are we living our lives for? Again, to grow. That's the purpose. To evolve, to unfold. The meaning I'm suggesting and I think Hess says it very well, is to follow your heart, to do what you love to do. I've heard people in this personal growth field, associates of mine and other fellows who've said, sit down, again, in either journal or, or ponder, contemplate, reflect upon all the different things you could do with your life, in terms of career, in terms of hobby or avocation or spare time, however you organize it however you want, and write down the possibilities. I could do this with my time, I could do that with my time, until you find the one that makes you cry. And And when you hit upon the one that makes you cry you've found your meaning. You've discovered your path of love. Because we're obviously all different. What makes us cry, what lights us up inside, what really feels meaningful, and there it is, meaningful and rewarding to us, is going to be different for different people. So follow your heart. Know yourself and grow yourself so that you can better express yourself in service to other people. That is the only thing that's going to fill you up. And if you're not doing that, you're going to be miserable. And so if you find that you're miserable or just a little unhappy, maybe you describe it as being super stressed out or telling yourself uh, in the middle of the night wide awake, can't sleep I can't live like this, I can't keep doing this, what's wrong with my life, that I can't seem to pull it together you're in that rat race, that proverbial treadmill of existence where you believe that more money and more stuff is going to make you happy whatever you do, whatever the nature of your career, and it doesn't, and it won't, and it can't, right? Happiness is not a result anyway. Happiness is the means. It's, again, the meaning of life is to follow your heart, to follow what makes you happy. Rather than trying to create a success, so that or or use a success to create a happy outcome, turn that around and use happiness to create a successful outcome. What makes you happy? What would you love to do today? Now, why are you not doing that? Okay, what are you waiting for? Go do that thing that makes you happy. Doesn't matter if it makes you money. That stuff follows. That stuff sort of takes care of itself when you follow your heart. You really don't need that much, actually. Most people, especially in the West, have far more than they really need. And that's only because they think if they had just a little more, they'd be happy. Why are people with billions and billions of dollars lobbying Congress to change our tax codes and to pass other laws that put the, the burden of taxation on the elderly and the poor so that they can have more billions of dollars because it's not making them happy. Why do powerful people need more power? Because they're trying to be happy. They, they, You know, they got their first million and they thought, well, this isn't doing it. I'm as miserable as ever. I guess I need tens of millions. And they get that and they go, well, I'm still miserable. In fact, now my wife and my kids or my husband and the kids and the neighbors, they all hate me anyway. I guess I need hundreds of millions. And they get there and they're even more miserable. They say, well, I, I, I guess I need Billions of dollars. So I'm going to have to spend a lot of this money in order to develop my fortune. Isn't that an interesting pun? Your fortune, little play on words. Develop your fortune. And you get the billions of dollars and you're even more miserable than ever before. And yet, those of us who don't have the billions or the hundreds of millions or even the millions, in fact, at the end of every month, are wondering how you're going to get by. I see the temptation. I understand it. I live here, you know, on the Earth planet. I know the temptation to, to believe that if you just had a little more money, things would work out for you. But that's not it. Instead, if we spend more time Trying to understand love, our relationships with other people, loving other people, forgiving people. You know, today's Easter. This is about the crucifixion and the ascension, the resurrection of Christ. And often the way it's taught is the blood of Christ washes away the sins of the world. Because of Christ's death on the cross, all you have to do is appreciate what Christ did in allowing himself to be executed in this way, and you get a ticket to heaven and an eternal paradise. Well, there's another message from Calvary that I think is, personally, if you ask me, is much more significant. And so on this Easter Sunday, 2011, I'll suggest to Christians listening, borderline Christians or hardcore Christians, uh, that maybe the primary message of Calvary is, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Could you imagine yourself being loving enough to forgive a person while they're torturing you and while they're murdering you from a compassionate place that says these people just don't understand they don't get it right that to me is the message of Calvary it's the life of love and kindness and service and forgiveness I, it's so bizarre to me that Christians would be interested in acquiring wealth and accumulating wealth and then call themselves a Christian, or that a Christian could go to war and fight and kill people on the other side of the world, people you've never even met, and do it for economics or resources like oils. Absolutely stunning to me. If somebody had absolutely no religious principles, you could understand it, but to call yourself a Christian and be interested in war and money. Christ didn't even own shoes, wouldn't even ride a horse. So we should think about that. The church certainly isn't going to tell you that because the church is busy acquiring what? More money and more power. That's the temptation that's put in front of us in the material world. Instead, make your life about love. Follow your heart. This is where the meaning is. The purpose is to grow and evolve, to develop yourself, to aspire to spiritual greatness. To be the most loving, the kindest, the most forgiving, compassionate, the most loving person that you can be that's the purpose of life I'm going to suggest the meaning is how do I do that you do it by following your heart not somebody else's interests what's in your heart what you care about what makes you weak in the knees what makes you cry the truth the bold, unvarnished truth of what you care about. Pursue that. Otherwise, you're throwing your life away. And no matter how much money and stuff you acquire, you're going to continue to be miserable. Because you've missed the point. And if you got part of it, like, well, Michael, you know, uh, you're right about the being of service, and and and, and having some value that I can offer to other people but I'm just not sure what that is what am I supposed to do for other people you're supposed to do for other people what you love to do period and then do that for other people if you like animals, work with animals if you like to be outdoors, find a gig where you can be outdoors or create one. If you like being with a lot of other people, go be with a lot of other people. If you'd rather work alone, cloistered, then do that. But everybody at some point has to come out and interface with other people. One of the fundamental awarenesses that is Dawning upon people in a very big way is the oneness of existence, that we're all connected, that there's only one of us here, that we're all part of this one thing, this universe, not a biverse or a triverse or a quattroverse. It's a universe. <laughs> it's just one universe. And if as some scientists believe there are multiple universes, then that's a contradiction in terms. There wouldn't be universes. It doesn't matter if there's infinite universes. There's still one thing going on here. If you could stand back or zoom out far enough to see the big picture, you'd realize it's all part of one thing. And as Tolstoy said, love is the only thing that's real. It's the only thing that matters. What is love? What does it mean? Where does it come from? How do I do it? You see, that's what you dedicate your life to. (laughs) There's a lot more to love than romance and marriage and loving your kids and Loving your parents. You know, how about learning to forgive? Loving people that you don't like. Loving your enemies. 2,000 years after Christ, the vast majority of Christians, people who call themselves Christians, don't really believe that stuff. They don't love their enemies, and they're not interested in loving their enemies, and don't even know what that means. Imagine if after 9-11 we loved our enemies. What does that mean? I'll tell you one thing it means. It means stop frightening them. Stop using fear to get them. I mean, think of how crazy it is to define your enemy as a terrorist, somebody who's trying to frighten you, And so you're going to attack them by frightening them and defend the Americans by frightening them. And I'll use fear to eliminate fear, and I'll bring more fear into the world so that there's, what, less terror? (laughs) Which is just another word for fear and danger. Right? Fear doesn't eliminate fear. Love eliminates fear. And fear cannot eliminate love, but it can sure repress it. This is the battle between... it's not You know, what we used to call good and evil, we now understand as love and fear. And while good may conquer evil, the way St. George slays the dragon, that's the classic Western archetype, for good conquering evil, St. George slaying the dragon. I'd like to suggest the New Age version of that, if you will. I think really ageless and timeless version, but we're evolving to a point where we can now understand that what good versus evil is really about is love versus fear. And to let the love in, you've got to learn to face your fear and become fearless in the face of fear fear is fear in its root is always what you don't, don't know about yourself note takers write that down all fear is fear of the unknown and that which is most unknown and of greatest significance in your life is you what if all of your fear came from not knowing yourself Now understand that all of your pain is supported by fear which comes from not knowing yourself. Every bit of suffering that you think is being done to you by other people or caused by circumstances and events beyond your control is actually born from your refusal to face your fear and know yourself. And then grow yourself. Love yourself. Find out that Not only do you have access to the love you've been looking for, you are the love you're looking for. And if that doesn't make sense to you, you got work to do. It's called the meaning of life to learn to be more loving. Right? What's so damn lovable about you? And is it primarily to be found in what you own? Who you can impress and influence or is it in what you do or is it in who you are is it most people don't know what to do because they don't know what they want because they don't know who they are these are the three biggest fears there's fears of danger and fears of not having enough time and the fear of being out of control We've done programs here on what I call the seven root fears. But the big three are, I don't know what to do. What am I supposed to do? What do you think I should do? Well, what do you want me to do about it? I don't know what to do. That's because we don't know what we want. Most of what we want is money and stuff, rather than peace and harmony and love and kindness and contentment, fulfillment so we don't know what to do because we don't know what we want and we don't know what we want because we don't know the person doing the wanting the self this is why Steve and I do the series Finding Your Self in Paradise and the paradise the kingdom is within look inside your heart to find love Right not that complicated it's just really unknown and this is why the world's gone crazy we we watch reality TV I mean just the idea of watching a reality TV show and then considering that there are script writers for reality TV when the writers go on strike they stop production <laughs> of reality TV. It's like life has become the Truman Show. It's this inside out, upside down, topsy turvy, jobberwocky crazy place. It's crazy. Life has become absolutely insane. And you anchor yourself and restore your sanity When you take a breath and slow down and say, I'm here to grow, that's the purpose of my life, and the way I do that, the meaning, is to concern myself with who I am as a being of love and light, and what does it mean to be love, and to contribute, to offer that up, to give that out into the world. And your life will work. The money will come. The bills will get paid. Things will work out. It can be scary. I understand, but it's scary for people who have tons of money. You know what people worry about when they finally get the money that you think is going to solve all of your problems or the stuff? They worry about losing it. (laughs) You, you know, can you imagine working your whole life to build a fortune so that you can be free from fear and then you get it and now you're terrified you're going to lose it. That's a pretty miserable existence. How ironic that you can't lose love because the more you give away, the more you get. I'd want to know about that. The more I give, the more I receive. The more I offer it up through kindness and forgiveness and refusal to judge, the more I learn to respond to negativity and hate and anger with kindness doesn't mean you can't stand up for yourself. you get to stand up for yourself, but you can do it in a in a kind and loving way. You'll learn to hold your tongue when you're not sure what to say, you can learn by finding the meaning of love, the meaning of what? what is that. You can learn not to say anything when you don't know what to say. And when you don't know what to do, you'll learn not to do anything when you don't know what to do. There's wisdom in that. Keep your mouth shut and just sit there. Don't do anything or say anything thinking of the problems we could have avoided the complications in life if you just remained silent in those scary adverse situations until you had a chance to reflect upon it, sort it out and understand yourself instead of the person that's making you angry, that's the shift so and so made me angry so and so's frightening me so and so's upsetting me so and so hurt me this person, this group, this situation, this event, and so know the world around you, control the world around you, and then you'll be happy. Where did you ever hear that except from advertisers right? the so-called conventional wisdom, but the wise women and men of the world say, "Uh uh-uh, instead know thyself. One who knows others may be wise, but one who knows himself and herself is enlightened. In the book of Thomas, one of the Gnostic Gospels, the Christians for the most part ignore, Christ says, know yourself and you will know that you are sons of God and if you fail to do this you will live in poverty and that poverty will be yours And he doesn't mean financial poverty does he he's talking about a a, a poverty of meaning and purpose my life is senseless I'm a cog in a big machine and I'm miserable and I hate it and I'm angry <laughs> and I'm pissed and I'm going to frame it in in political terms and I'll I'll be on one partisan side of the argument or the other and blame the opposite and it's all insane. Love is the only thing that's real. It's the only thing that matters. Not only do you have it, you are that. Discover that, develop that, express it in service. That's the meaning and purpose of life. From my point of view, Okay, again, don't believe it just because I said it. Try it on. See how it fits. Drive it around the block a couple of times. See if it makes sense follow your heart, see what happens so let's go to our commentary, our questions and our comments and uh, let me get everything ordered, all the clothes all my windows and such and uh, good I see uh, one hand up. We'll go to the phones in just a minute. Let's start with the text Q&A. And if you are on the phone and want to participate, star 2 we'll raise your hand. We'll go to the phones in a minute. Several people who seem to be with us week after week, and boy, I really appreciate that, include Bob Fiegel and Irvine. He says, hello, happy Easter and peace and love to all. Thank you, Bob. And Carol Pastel in La Habra, she says, Happy Easter. Hello, Carol. Happy Easter to you. Aloha. Again, I would have you consider, if you are a practicing Christian, and Easter is an important holiday, consider that maybe this idea of blood and salvation and death and suffering and pain is sort of beside the point. There's a lot of evidence Christ did not die in the cross anyway. He kept showing up afterwards, so depending on how you look at it, there's a lot of folks that figure he survived. <laughs> he obviously survived. Maybe the real message on Easter, as I said a few minutes ago, is more about Father forgive them for they know not what they do. Maybe it's about love his whole life was about love and kindness and forgiveness and the way it healed Christ healed with love maybe the message is more about Christ's life than his death consider that on Easter today Alan Robson is with us Alan is in Bangalore, India hello Alan, nice to hear from you he said um First time live, usually listen to the podcasts and uh, whichever way I listen, always find something new to consider in my life. Keep up the good work and say hello to my favorite cousin, Doreen. Thanks, Alan. I sure will. I think that's probably the first call we've ever had from from India. That's nice. Or it's what? Middle of the night, right? <laughs> Phillip in Canova Park's with us. He said, lovely musical selection today. Thanks. That's uh, from a a fellow named Chuck Wild. And uh, he calls his his band, if you will. I think he's just one guy, but he calls himself Liquid Mind. And there's at least two or three CDs that he did years ago that, that I've had. And I think that's where that selection was from. Liquid Mind, Chuck Wild. Uh, I think one's called Balance. Not sure what the others are called, but it's all really nice meditation music. Okay, um, who else have we got? Bruce in Brookings, Oregon is with us again this week. Hey, Bruce, aloha. He says happy Easter and aloha to everyone. I hope the community on the Ning site as well also. Yeah, thank you for reminding me to mention that uh, I've been working a bit lately on this Ning site. It's a social, not like Facebook, but it's primarily of interest to people like you guys who are into self-awareness and personal growth, human potential and such. And The way you get there is very similar to my website, which is theagelesswisdom.com. Well, if you stick the word NING, N-I-N-G, in there so that it's theagelesswisdom.ning.com, you'll go to the social net site. uh, Sign up, it's easy. And uh, to avoid spam, I... uh, approve everybody that comes in but I have my way of knowing if you're a real person or not and so uh, I'm going to approve you as long as you're a human being and not a spammer I'll approve you come on in join our community of people and start a thread in the discussion group or respond to a thread in the forum or write a blog entry or add some JPEGs or upload some videos and look around the member page at other people that are there and what are their interests and there's a way you can friend each other, sort of like Facebook and that way you can identify people you've met there that you like and who have interests that are similar to yours so Bruce, uh, thanks for reminding me to, to mention that again get signed up to the Ning site we're about to cross over a threshold and, and make a leap in the uh in the whole payment structure. It's always free to you. We have to pay Steve and I a fee and that's about to jump so I posted a request a week or ten days ago that anybody that was here that knew they weren't gonna use it, uh let us know and you know only one person said yeah i'm really never going to use this thing take me off everybody else said yeah well i don't come as often as i'd like but i'm gonna (laughs) so keep me in there so we're happy to do that Uh, i said if you know you're going to use the site or even if you think you might please stay so that was very gratifying and it's it's cool and it's only going to work if you guys participate most of the discussions are me just posting the topic for the next Ageless Wisdom class, but there's a bunch of different categories, and I encourage you guys to jump in, use that discussion format. There's also a blog, as I say, and a lot of other cool things, so check it out. TheAgelessWisdom.Ning, like N I N G, and like Nancy. The Ageless Wisdom. Thanks for the reminder, Bruce. Doreen's down the hall. She's listening and says, Happy Easter to everyone. She said, Great show today. And by the way, I highly recommend Water for Elephants, the new movie. Uh, Doreen and I went to see that yesterday at our local Maui movie theater and liked it a lot. Reese Witherspoon, it's a circus movie, but it's about tyranny and love and romance and our relationship with the animals and a lot of really, really, really cool stuff. I thought it was obviously a great book, and uh, the movie does it justice. In Lakeland, Florida, Becky's with us this afternoon. And uh, she says thank you, and we want to thank you, Becky, as well. Let's go to the telephones and um, see who's here. I have Diane with her hand up, so she has a comment for us. Let's go to Albuquerque, and Diane, you're in the Mystery School with Michael. Aloha. Aloha.
1: Happy Easter.
0: Thank you. Happy Easter to you, too. Well,
1: thank you. Um it was a great class today, and things that I have been thinking about. Are you familiar with the documentary, I Am, by Tom Shadyac?
0: Yeah, as a matter of fact, we just watched that uh, Oprah show recently, and uh, several of the things I said today reminded me of uh, what little I know about it. I know his basic three premises, but... Why don't you go ahead and talk about it?
1: Well, um, I saw the same show and I was talking to my daughter today and she knows him. But the things that that were so interesting about this fellow is, A, he's an extremely A-list director, producer, writer in Hollywood. Did Liar Liar, The Nutty Professor, Bruce Almighty... Patch Adams, those types of movies, and very wealthy and, you know, looking from afar, extremely successful, moved from the 6,000-square-foot mansion to the 17,000-square-foot mansion in Beverly Hills. And um, after he moved in, he looked around and said, my goodness, why am I not happier? You know, I just moved into this amazing mansion. I have all this success. I've done everything that should make you successful as well as happier. And why am I not happier? And he left that life after asking himself two questions. One of them is, what what is it that makes me happy? And what is it I need to be happy And he ends up leaving the mansion and moving into a mobile home uh, area. And his his answers to his questions was, what makes me happy? Well, I was the happiest when I had a community of people that I really appreciated and enjoyed. I didn't have a whole lot of material things. I was just kind of starting out. And then I think one of the things that, he keeps talking about is take what you need but only what you need. And if you need the 17,000 square foot mansion for some reason, take it. But if you don't and that's not what brings you happiness in your life, then don't take it. You know, take the things that make you happy. He also um, was later was in a horrific accident and you know, kind of met his maker after that happened, thinking he might die. What is it that I want to accomplish or say while I'm still on this earth? And so I think I Am is more driven towards what's wrong with the world and what can we do about it.
0: Yeah, I'm anxious to see it. I understand it's in theaters now, right?
1: I think so. And you can you can see it on the internet also.
0: How do you do that?
1: Um, just go to the internet and, and type in I am.
0: <laughs> and, well, cool.
1: Yeah, and you'll find it and I think you can get it through Nexflex Fix or whatever you call that. Yeah. And it Might be on some of the cable things.
0: Netflix, yeah, they have this deal if you're a member where you can get a lot of free streaming audio,
1: yeah, so but you know that's really, I think where what a lot of us are are beginning well, and probably some have already been there for decades, but a lot of us that have just worked, worked, worked all our lives and been too busy to think about much else but being successful and surviving that when we take the time, we're beginning to ask, well, what is it that actually makes me happy? And what is it that I actually need to be happy?
0: Right.
1: Yeah, because when you work, 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 and don't think about much else, you end up with a lot more than what you actually need to be happy.
0: And depending on the nature of that work, um... It may or may not make you happy. Certainly, the material stuff is nice. I'm a big fan of material stuff. But I find, as this guy was saying in Oprah a week or two ago, um, to the point of being comfortable, you know, your clothing should be warm as well as attractive. You should have a roof that doesn't leak. And. I hope you have food in your refrigerator and gas in the car, and when you turn the key, it starts. But the excesses, the the obscene excesses in our society, as, as I thought this fellow, what's his name again, this movie director that did this film? Uh,
1: Tom Shadyac, S-H-A-D, let me see, H-S-S-H-A-D-Y-A-C.
0: Shadyac, Tom Shadyac. As he was saying, it's the excess that confuses us when we have much more than we need. We're we're that's where we get into the rat race or the treadmill. Um that everybody talks about, but it's like the weather. Few people do anything about it. They don't know how to get off that treadmill or, or Back- out of the yeah, out of the rat race.
1: When you have more than you need you have to spend your time managing all that more. Yeah. No, um and that's that's part of the treadmill. So your life becomes managing what you have. Yeah. Which is crazy. Instead well, of enjoying life.
0: It's just like a car is designed to get you from point A to point B, but when you see the car as a possession, as a status symbol, it loses its meaning as a form of transportation. And now you're in trouble, because it's not going to bring you any satisfaction. It's not going to bring you the peace of mind that you thought owning that nice BMW or that Rolls Royce or Mercedes or whatever was going to to do for you, right? We forget that, wait a minute, the primary purpose of this thing is to get me from point A to B and then back again. That's transportation. And I might be better off on a bicycle, right, or exactly. walking. You know, we, you know there's, there's a I car that, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say just because the car is in the, in the driveway doesn't mean you have to use it to drive to the corner.
1: Exactly. And, you know, I think about that public relations uh lady in Beverly Hills that bought her Mercedes and owned it a couple of days and her friends are saying, what did you need a Mercedes for? You know, number one, it's dangerous to even be driving them. And then she was shot, you know, and robbed in her Mercedes after she'd owned it a couple of days. And it's like, wow
0: you know you oh, have Beverly Hills PR agent uh, a year or so ago.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. you know, what is it that makes us happy? And I think that's a question that we kind of skirt around as we hurry through life. And it's really a question that I think we need to focus on. What is it exactly that makes me happy? And well, then we have that, but You
0: don't need more than that. Yeah. Again, it's not the material stuff because we're going to lose all of that.
1: Exactly.
0: It's going to be something ineffable, something you can't quite get your hands on, and that, of course, is love and all of its qualities. Love has many, many qualities. I've done programs in the past on it and I will in the future. Love is kindness and forgiveness, as you know, and compassion and generosity and kindness and tolerance. And we need to be more familiar with the many qualities of love. Otherwise, we think of love simply as romance, and we don't go any farther than that. Uh, Love can also be the satisfaction uh, that I talked about before. Of just doing something kind for somebody, it's it's a reward money can't buy. By the way, Diane, um, Doreen just slid me a note. She checked on Netflix and uh, she says it's not on Netflix yet. Okay. Uh, we can go to I am the Doc. Was that right? I am the Doc. Dot com. Oh, it's a documentary. That's why they chose that. I am the doc, D-O-C dot com. So I guess that's where we can watch it full length. Okay? Great. And she says aloha and happy Easter to you, too.
1: Yes, aloha
0: and happy Easter. Thanks, Dan.
1: Have a lovely day.
0: You, too. Bye-bye. Aloha. Alright, let's do a quick visualization and we'll call it a day. I'll let you guys go. Thank you very much for being here. Hope you tell your friends the best way to do that is simply to use the Share One With a Friend gadget that's on the website. This program or any other class that you've heard here and you like and would like to share with somebody without any charge whatsoever, just go to theagelesswisdom.com Click on Enter to go inside, and then Webinars, and you'll see the archive. All the classes are there, and click on the Send One to a Friend gadget. You can include a little message, and we'll forward the program to them for you. It's totally easy, and again, one of those little loving feel-goods to give something away. It makes us feel good. It'll help them, make them feel good, make you feel good. Everybody wins all the way around. It's important for people to know that there are answers to their problems. And all you got to do is devote yourself to a little bit of time every day. I think the importance of a, of a practice of personal development is to do it every day. Um it's uh so we were at the uh, pharmacy the other day and heard this pharmacist telling somebody about this lotion that they were getting that it's not how much you use it's how often you use the lotion so you don't need to use a lot that doesn't help but you do need to use it often well well, that, that's that's pretty profound that's true for your spiritual and psychological life as well when it comes to any form of, ed, uh, of education it's not how much you do at a given sitting it's how often you do it and if every day you just set aside 10 or 15 minutes I mean an hour would be wonderful but if you just set aside a little time and we've made it so easy to listen to one of these programs or to read a chapter in a book that you find inspiring and uplifting, um, to do a little journal entry or a meditation exercise. These things can change you through a consistent practice, right? And then help you be more mindful of what you're learning as you open your eyes and move your the balance of your day so I hope you're disciplining yourself become your own disciple and discipline yourself to set aside a little bit of time every day to focus on what your life is really about <laughs> that doesn't sound too outrageous does it I'm going to set aside 20 minutes a day or an hour a day of my whole waking day to set aside this little sliver to study me. You know, you've got, as I often say, the fingerprint evidence and the DNA proof that you're unique and unlike, in many ways, anyone else in the world, so how much could you know about yourself by studying other people? Not very much. Be gentle, love life, and take care of each other. This is Michael Benner. Aloha from Maui.